Hey podcast friends, it's Vanessa and Kaylee and we're here with another episode of The Struggle is Real because we know the struggle to talk about mental health and be mentally healthy is real. So it's February. You know what this means. <laughs> we're going to tell you all about relationships and not just romantic relationships. That's probably the first thing that popped into your mind, but no. all relationships. Family, partners, romantic partners is what we're talking about, and friendships. And even like other ones, like the people you work with and the people you see at the bus stop and all those little people that like fill up your life. We've already talked about why social support is so good for you. If you don't remember, go back to our episode on social support. It was really funny, probably. <laughs> we threw the word evolution around a lot. There was a dinosaur. It was it a great was, time. It was a really good time. Yeah. So if you listen to that uh, podcast, you are obviously super convinced that social support is an amazing thing. Evolution just made it that way, and so therefore it's just true forever at the end. But we <laughs> figured that we should probably also talk to you about how to make sure that your relationships are actually healthy relationships, because not all relationships are good for you. There are super taxing ones that just drain you and it just like doesn't, it just brings you down instead of bringing you up. We don't want that. You could be surrounded by like tons of people and still feel like unsupported and lonely. This is, this is a problem. There's this amazing quote by Robin Williams where he said, I used to think the worst thing in life was to end up alone, but it's not. The worst thing in life is to end up with people who make you feel alone. Oh my God, that hits me right in my soul. I know, I know. It's, it's, oh. it's a very heavy quote, but it's very true. You know, you can have 500 Facebook friends and think you know all these people, but none of those people make you feel good. They just end up making you feel really alone. I'm never alone. I'm alone all the time. Are you at one? Exactly. So, love it or hate it, we do need relationships to survive. Like, literally. <laughs> People who feel connected to other people just experience less mental health problems. They also just straight up live longer. I know that seems weird, but if you have more people in your life and you feel supported and connected, you're more likely to just live longer, experience less mental health problems, and just be a happier person. This is because when we feel like we're in an unhealthy relationship or relationships that aren't meeting our needs, it can damage our self-worth, make us feel more stressed in our everyday lives, and put us at this risk, heightened risk for depression or a range of anxiety disorders, and even physical problems. Exactly. Being in a relationship that makes us feel insecure or invalidated or just kind of worthless is like pretty much the grossest thing that can ever happen to you. It's awful. You just feel less than. And even talking about it just <laughs> makes me feel awful. Everyone can relate to this. Whether or not you've been in this situation before or you just know someone who has, if you can recognize that feeling of having someone in your life that you want to mean a lot to you and that you like dedicate a lot of time and care and effort to, but you're just not getting that back, it's just like it's... It's awful. It's awful. And what's important for you to know is that everyone is capable and deserving of having a healthy, supportive relationship. Exactly. Everyone's needs deserve to be met. Mm -hmm. It's not a lottery, and if you don't have that right now, then, well, you're shit out of luck. You should have no. gotten better tickets. <laughs> should have gotten in line sooner. Yeah. Sorry, folks. It's all sold out. Healthy <laughs> relationships, you missed us. Yeah, and they went on slow. sale on Tuesday, and the sale's over now. Sorry. Exactly. exactly. You deserve one, and you can definitely have one. And the important thing to note is that even just having one supportive, healthy relationship can be, make the difference between living longer, having better health, physical health, having better mental health. All you really need, like literally science, like statistics, all you really need is one person. 
Mm -hmm. And this goes against the belief in our society right now that you need all of these friends. You need to have these huge groups of people. And we're going to go on a little rant again about our pet peeves about <laughs> Facebook showing people with like big groups of friends and doing all these different things and having just these like wild, widespread social networks. And people who post a picture and 178 people like it. What the like how did that happen how do you have 178 people like that picture that's ridiculous yeah and so then you might just have one friend that you're really close with and you're like I should have way more close friends exactly but we're here to tell you that if you have that one supportive friend that's what you need you don't need 178 <laughs> friends don't let anyone tell you you do you don't the reason that relationships are so important is that good healthy relationships work to buffer the effects of stress onto our well-being. So basically they're like a shield and when crappy things happen like you know the barista puts almond milk instead of coconut milk in your latte or the person that's getting on the bus like bumps into you, our relationships help to prevent that crappy thing from bringing us down too much. Or like more serious things as well like you lose your job or um, you know something really bad happens at work or you lose somebody. It's easier to deal with those things if you have somebody with you. I was just venting about my day, guys. I didn't really actually. Those, those examples weren't really real. I just needed to tell you all about things that have happened in my day so far. But sometimes those things can make you furious. And it's nice if you can kind of text your friend and be like, let me know what happened to you. And they'd be like, oh my god, they bumped into you? How dare they? Exactly. We will find where they live. <laughs> we will write them an angry letter. Exactly. So when these things happen, just having someone there, someone we know we can rely on, literally buffers the effects of that stress onto your body and mind. Mm -hmm. You actually see less cortisol. Remember, cortisol is like that like stress hormone that like is really taxing on our bodies. If we have good, solid relationships in our lives, when crappy things happen, the cortisol doesn't spike as much as if we felt lonely or unsupported. Mm -hmm. Science. And remember when we talked about sharing the load and social baseline <laughs> theory a long time oh, ago? Back in the day. Knowing that you have someone to weather a storm with you, even if they're not actually doing anything, they're not actually changing the situation or anything like that, just them being there can really help you get through difficult things. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But what can happen when our relationships are like not healthy or our needs aren't being met, then not only do we feel the stress of the crappy thing that happened to us that day, friggin' almond milk in your latte, but you also have to feel the stress of that relationship. Mm -hmm, so the gross feeling. Exactly, exactly. So not only do you have the stress of the bad thing, it, it gets like doubled down by the stress of the like stressful relationship. And when you're going through something that's crappy and you want support from somebody else and you feel like you don't get it, then you end up just feeling far worse about that situation because then you feel extra alone in dealing with it. Absolutely. So now that we've brought you down into this horrible, sad place, <laughs> we're going to build you back up. Don't worry. We got you. We got your back. What we need to do is make sure that the relationships in our lives are doing their job. We need to make sure that we are in healthy, functioning relationships that meet our needs and are acting like this shield that's going to protect us from the crappy, crappy things in our life. And you've probably heard the phrase healthy relationships thrown around a lot. What you probably that? see that everywhere. Exactly. What does that mean? So we're going to go through and let you know what does a healthy relationship look like. Exactly. And the things that we want you to take away are three key things that are universal to all people in all relationships. You've probably heard these words a million times though, so like, get ready. Get ready for that. So cue Aretha Franklin, because the first one is respect. <laughs> 
Respect is a fundamental human right. Your mere existence on this planet means that your wishes, your feelings, your very taking up of space is valid. And the flip side is that because you're interacting with people, you're in relationships with people, those people also have the fundamental right for respect. They all deserve respect and you have to agree that the other person's wishes and feelings are just as valid and important as yours. Even if you think that they're not very informed, <laughs> you still have to recognize that they have the right to their own opinions and respect them. Mm-hmm. That can be difficult sometimes. Mm-hmm. And other people's wishes or feelings might make you feel very angry and very upset, but you still have to respect the right for them to have it. You don't have to respect their specific views, but respect them as a person that can have views that are different from yours. So sometimes when you're talking with somebody and their opinion is very different and their wishes and beliefs are very different from your own, it can start to make you feel really angry. And lots of times we take that anger to give us license to be mean to that person. It's like, oh, I'm mad, this must be a wrong thing that they're saying, so I can be mean to them and put them down. And lots of times we don't put down people's ideas, we put down people. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that person has beliefs that I don't believe in. We're like, no, you're stupid and I don't like your haircut and you'll never find a partner because you're the worst person on the planet. Those things aren't true. Mm -hmm. You probably wouldn't believe them if you were really angry. Remember that the lens that you might get stuck in and how that lens might make you treat that person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, our emotions do a really good job of convincing us that we have the right to not respect people anymore. So just make sure that you and the person you're in a relationship don't let your emotions kind of convince you to be a jerk. So the way this ties into relationships is that we're, we're not always going to have the same views on things. So what we need to do is respect the ability to disagree and respect that person as a human being. And so what does respect look like? We're just going to play the lyrics to Aretha Franklin's song. But uh, it didn't seem that helpful, so we'll, we'll no. just we'll put it up there for you. When you respect somebody, you validate their opinion. You think that their opinion is worth as much as yours. So imagine if you were having a conversation with like your absolute idol. Like imagine like Adele was here, uh, or maybe Beyonce. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that should have been my first thought. I'm really sorry, Beyonce. Imagine Beyonce was here. Any single thing she said, you'd be like, oh yes, yes, preach. preach preach. Exactly, because you respect her so much that anything she says or does, you're behind her 100%. Maybe that's unrealistic for like relationships in your real life because unlike Beyonce, most humans have flaws. So we have to kind of take those, you know, take their perfectness with a little grain of salt, but we still owe them a similar level of respect. You might not agree that every single thing they do is perfect perfection and it's just the greatest thing ever, but you still need to respect what they do and not kind of like crap all over it. Exactly. If they're starting to state their opinion and in your mind you're like, nope, 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 you don't express that and be like, nope, shut up. <laughs> you give that person space to express their feelings because you respect that they have an opinion and a thought on things. Mm -hmm. And in the case of relationships, this can mean a lot of things. This can mean things like respecting that they have different interests than you. So maybe they want to spend their time engaging in activities that you think are silly. You still have to respect the fact that they want to do that. So respecting things that they care about, things that they're passionate about, and also just respecting them as a person. If someone's talking to you and you're, you know, like not really giving them the time of day or not really, you know, showing that you care about what they're saying, you're not really respecting them. Or if you blatantly say something rude to them, like mm -hmm. <laughs> something that makes them feel bad. You're making them have that gross feeling and we already figured out that's the worst feeling. Yeah. We Don't already do just, that. Yeah. We already talked about that. Don't do it. So what we want you to watch out for in when it comes to respect in your relationships is to make sure that you're respecting other people's opinions, 
respecting them as a human and their right to exist on this planet. And what we want you to be careful of is like how to figure out if that's not happening. So if you feel that a person that you're in some kind of relationship really like invalidates your opinion, thinks that their opinions are worth more than yours, or just like dismisses your like wishes and feelings, these are huge red flags that they aren't respecting you the way you deserve to be respected. Unfortunately, Aretha Franklin didn't write any songs with the word compromise, because that's the next thing we want to talk about. We've already wrote her like a really impassioned letter, so hopefully there'll be one coming out you know, soon. Unfortunately, she died, Kaylee. Well, like, from beyond the grave, obviously. Tupac <laughs> did it. Why can't Aretha? <laughs> True. True. I respect, <laughs> I respect your opinion. Thank you. Thank you. As you should. All right, compromise. You want to go for Indian food. I want sushi. If we refuse to compromise on this, we will both be hungry or eating alone, which no one wants to do. No, no. <laughs> it is so healthy to disagree in a relationship. Remember that people view relationships through different lenses based on relationships they had in the past, based on relationships they saw growing up. And so what seems normal and expected for you in a relationship might be slightly or completely different from another person. But we kind of forget that that is true. Mm -hmm. You have to remember that you are a unique, beautiful snowflake of a person. And this means you have your own opinions, your own experiences, your own lenses. Just, you have your own perspective on things. And you're not supposed to agree on everything. That would be the most boring thing oh ever. Oh my god. Who's seen Pleasantville? It was, it was awful. I don't want to live there. <laughs> you, want to be, you want to be living in full color. That means disagreeing on things. Exactly. When we know that disagreement or conflict can feel really gross. Especially, some people seem especially really averse to this. Some people don't mind like getting down in the dirt and like really voicing their opinions. Whereas some people it would avoid that at all costs. We get that. Because mm -hmm. we're socialized to believe that relationships should have no conflict in them. And if they do, that's something bad about your relationship. You should always agree um, and you should always just defer to your partner. Or you should always just try to get your own way. There's no compromise. Mm -hmm. But disagreement and conflict can be really productive and healthy in a relationship. Being able to voice your opinions sometimes makes things better. Sometimes the person just didn't even realize that you saw things differently than them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we'll get stuck in the lens that if we express how we're feeling or we disagree about something, that the person's going to reject us or they're going to think negatively of us or they're going to think that we're dumb or they're not going to think that what we have to say is important. Mm -hmm. And what we need to do is tell our anxiety brain to just calm down. Yeah. Get the F out of here. Yeah. Because what matters is being able to disagree in a relationship, to voice your own opinions, to not necessarily agree on something, but also make sure that each person's opinions are heard and respected. There's that R word again. We really like it. Get ready to hear it a lot. <laughs> Don't forget it. It's essential to develop a relationship that allows for conflict and conflict resolution in a way that validates both people's opinions and respects them and comes up with a solution that both people can be happy with. Exactly. This can be really simple things like we talked about, about like what kind of food you're going to have for dinner tonight. But it can also be really core things that kind of define your relationship. So for example, how often you're going to see that person. Or another example, which I take from my own personal experience in my own family, is that my mom wants to know what's going on in each of our lives in great detail. My brothers do not want anyone to know what's going on in their lives in any detail. <laughs> Even themselves, they don't even want to know what's going on. And so this was this was upsetting for both parties because, <laughs> you know, upon coming over to the house, my mom would interrogate my brothers. 
and then my brothers would not share anything and nobody was happy because they would feel like they were being interrogated and my mom would feel like she didn't know anything about their lives. And so what they decided to do is my brothers would be like, would give her a certain amount of information and she would ask a certain amount of questions. And both of them don't get their original goal, but they get a goal that they're both happy with. And they had to talk about that in order to get there. Mm-hmm. So there had to be some kind of conflict where people expressed that they were unhappy so that both partners could realize that there was a solution that might work better for both of them. So basically, to kind of sum up our, our little compromise section here, it's really important that if you feel unhappy in a relationship or if you feel like something's not working for you, that you're able to bring that up and maybe have a little bit of a different disagreement with somebody. It's okay that you disagree. It's just fundamentally okay. We are here on the record to tell you that it's okay. And what's important is that the person you're in a relationship with is open to having this conversation with you. Whether or not it becomes a bit of a conflict or just like it's resolved right away by having some kind of solution presented immediately, that's beautiful. But if not, What's important is that both parties are willing to kind of talk things out until some kind of solution is is arrived upon where people are happy with that solution. Mm -hmm. And it's a very respectful discussion. You're not calling each other names or being mean to each other. You're trying to be respectful and listen and validate that person's concerns. Exactly. If you find yourself in a relationship where one person always gets their way or doesn't even care to ask what your preferences are, your wishes or your needs, and either like shuts down any sort of conversation or about conflict or just kind of doesn't listen and respect to what you're saying, then this is a red flag that that relationship is not meeting your needs or a supportive or healthy relationship. Exactly. And also keep in mind that sometimes you like voice a concern or something that's making you upset and you know it causes a bit of a conflict, but you guys are able to work around it, you know, come up with a solution and then things seem to be okay. But then the person doesn't follow up on their end of the solution. <laughs> so remember that sometimes you have to kind of rehash these things and that's okay. Sometimes people need a bit of encouragement or reminders to kind of prompt them to remember that you guys came up with the solution. The third thing that we want to talk about that's universal to all healthy relationships is all about supporting each other's needs. Exactly. The main reason that relationships can be so friggin' tricky is because different people have different needs. There's no one size fits all when it comes down to what people need from relationships. And a lot of people actually don't know this. We just think that based on rom-coms and movies that everyone has the exact same amount of needs. Mm -hmm. And if you do this thing, X, Y, and Z, then that person will be happy. But that is just simply not true. Yeah, and everyone's going to talk in really witty banter all the time. They're going to have like really quick comebacks and it's going to be funny. That's just not real life. Thanks, Gilmore Girls. And what can happen is that if you don't feel supported by the things that you think you should be supported by, you can feel like there's something wrong with you or there's something wrong with your relationship or that something's not working. But in reality, it's just that you have different needs. Exactly. One of the key things that causes problems in relationships is when people think that the person isn't willing to meet their needs. That creates all this resentment and problems. But really, a lot of the times, we just haven't communicated what our needs are. Mm -hmm. Remember when we talked about like thinking traps or cognitive mm. biases and how one of them was mind reading? And what we tend to do is read people's minds. We tend to interpret their actions in ways that fit with whatever our lens is in that moment. If we're really angry and they do something, they're like, yeah, you meant to do that. Why'd you knock my chair a little bit? God, you're such a jerk. 
instead of just communicating, be like, what are you thinking? So when it comes down to things that we need from relationships, there's a, actually like a bit of variety in, in terms of the things that people actually need from relationships. So for example, some people really need to hear certain words and language that's very validating and assures them of your support for them. So for example, certain relationships where people just like really enjoy being reminded of how important they are to you, um, how much you love them, things like that. Some people, like that's all they need is just those words. Mm -hmm. So after you see a friend, they might send you a message and be like, hey, it was so great to see you today. I love spending time with you and that might make that person feel so good mm -hmm. but for some people words are literally just words and like really don't mean much more than that and for them maybe they really need people to demonstrate their support through like specific behaviors like doing really small nice things for them like doing the dishes or like putting the laundry away or like bringing them a coffee when they're sad mm -hmm. or hey I noticed I, I saw your favorite chocolate bar in the store right. so I, I just thought I'd buy it for you exactly for those people those little small acts of service mean the world and for them that is like perfect evidence that that person cares a lot about them and then finally there's some other people who just really need physical support like helping them with taxi can accomplish on their own or like getting physical contact like hugs. I know that sounds weird because <laughs> who would ever want that but I promise you a lot of people do. <laughs> What's important is that everyone is different and not one of these is more valid or more important than any other one. It's just whatever works for you and don't feel bad if you don't care about words and you care about small acts of service. It doesn't matter. Each one is important. Exactly. And it's also important to remember that we all kind of have like a different combination of these needs. So for example, hello, my name is Kaylee. I hate hugs. <laughs> They're gross. But I absolutely love it when people use words to communicate their supports for me. So if someone tried to support me by just like trying to give me hugs all the time, I would probably literally stop talking to them. This is not supporting my needs. It's just annoying and I don't like it. But if someone, you know, wrote me a card or sent me a text message or just told me to my face how much I mean to them and all the things they like about our relationship and friendship or whatever, literally that would be the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Have I told you lately that I love you? Have I told and for me, <laughs> I love physical contact. I love to be touched. I love to touch other people. Which is like sounds super weird. I'm sorry. Like not strangers. Like I always act for consent. She respects boundaries. I respect boundaries. But I also <laughs> respect other people's needs and that I don't touch Kaylee. I don't hug Kaylee. She's such a good friend. <laughs> Those are all things that are really, really important to me. Whereas like words, they're really, really nice and I can appreciate them, but they don't make me feel the same way that physical contact does. Isn't that weird? <laughs> Hugs are normal. <laughs> This is, my name is Kaylee and I support camp, no hugs. But like, yeah, do whatever you do whatever you want. Alright, so I'm just joking. I support whatever your needs are and I will try do my best to, you know. Just don't hug Kaylee. Yeah, just don't hug me and we'll totally be fine. And maybe don't expect her to hug you. Yeah. So the key here that we're trying to get across is that every single person is different. We all end up feeling supported through different behaviors, actions, words, etc. And this means two really important things. You need to figure out what kinds of support really help you feel supported. Exactly. And if you're unsure of what you really need from a relationship, we really recommend you check out this uh, website called um, Love Languages. You can just go to Google and type in Love Languages and you'll find it. They have this quiz you can take that actually helps you figure out what your strongest needs are in a relationship. And we just want to remind you that love is part of any friendship or family relationship or 
the relationship with your barista, whatever, whatever. What it will do is kind of rank the needs in terms of how you've responded to the questionnaire. So based on the answers you've given it, it'll rank the needs um, that are in the questionnaire in terms of importance to you. Mm -hmm. And once you know, then you have to find a way to communicate your needs to the important people in your life. Someone could think that they are being a great support to you, but if they're communicating their support in a, a language that you're not picking up on, then you're not going to understand it and many times not notice or mis misinterpret it and be like, this person's not supporting me at all. Exactly. This relationship is not meeting my needs. But in reality, it might just be that you're speaking different languages. They're giving support in a way they're just not paying attention to. Exactly. I have like a real life example of this. Me and my boyfriend, when we first started dating, uh, had very, very different needs in a relationship. I was all about words and he thought words were useless. He needed like hugs and things like that or like touch to show that I cared. And I obviously think touching sucks. So we, for a long time in our relationship, just thought that our relationship really wasn't that important to each other because we were not expressing our support in a way the other person could understand. And it took a lot of conversations to realize that we needed to receive the support in a different way. And once we did that, things were pretty beautiful. What has to happen is that you do have to have conversations about this. You can't just hope that this person will magically pick up on this because as we know with Kaylee, this didn't happen and this doesn't happen for anybody. Mm -hmm, exactly. And having this conversation for the first time Time, might feel really awkward. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, sir. I would like you to be more physically supportive of me in my life. <laughs> That's how you're supposed to say it. Yeah, with an accent. Everything sounds better with an accent, obviously. True. And even though we know this is really difficult to communicate, the fastest way to create problems in a relationship is not communicating your needs. When you don't communicate your needs, you set the stage for your needs not to be met. And guess what? When your needs aren't met, you're likely to feel really resentful, lonely, unhappy, basically unsupported. When you're starting this conversation, you don't want to say something like, you don't support me the right way. You're I took, doing it wrong. I took this quiz and it says you're trash. <laughs> you're a trash supporter and you're doing it wrong. You can imagine that this would make the person feel like shit. <laughs> Definitely. Remember that respect thing we talked about? Nope. So instead, you could say something like, Hey, I've noticed that when you do small little things for me, like, um, you know, pack my lunch or like bring me nice little things, I really like that. And it makes me feel so happy and supported. And I can tell that you really care about me. I also appreciate when you say nice things to me. I know that's a really nice thing you do. But at the end of the day, when you do X, Y, and Z, that's how I feel the best in the relationship. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Praising the things that they do is really a nice way to encourage people to keep doing those things. Science. Hey, mom and dad, I really appreciate when you buy me things. <laughs> Just put that out there. I just really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. it makes me feel really loved and supported. Yeah. Late night, come home. Work sucks. I know. She left me roses by the stairs. Surprises, let me know she cares. Take some time. Maybe take this quiz. Maybe just reflect and figure out how are your needs best supported. And also in the same vein, Figure out how do you automatically convey like love and support to other people. So if I really like hugs and physical contact, I'm going to notice that that's how I convey uh, my support to other people. Mm -hmm. All right. So once you've taken the time to do all this and you know exactly what you need in a relationship, the second really important thing that people need to do is find out what kind of supports the people in their life needs. How do they like to be supported? This could actually really surprise you. Mm -hmm. You may have thought that your friend likes to chat about their feelings and have these really in-depth conversations or loves when you bring them cookies. But then you actually do this little quiz or you talk to them and they want hugs all the time. Kaylee. It's disgusting. I don't understand. <laughs> and so you can have this really wonderful conversation where you can talk to them about how they feel most supported. Exactly. And like we said, we understand that this conversation can be a bit awkward the first few times. Um, so we know this is really hard and we know that it might be really difficult to get this conversation going. 
And because we're really smart, we are here to tell you that we have an opinion on this. And what we think is that the easiest way to open this conversation up is just by expressing your support needs first. And this really just sets the stage for the other person in this conversation. We assume that it's not just you talking to yourself. It sets the stage for them to feel comfortable sharing their needs. You can even take the love languages quiz together so you can then compare your results. Exactly. And you can open up by saying, hey, I heard about this really cool like love languages thing. I never knew that people would have different needs in, in a relationship. And I realized that words are really, really important to me. Like, have you ever thought about this? What is it like for you? Mm -hmm. And it might take some trial and error uh, to learn how to really support someone in a way that you're completely not used to. So saying nice, supportive things to a person might feel completely bizarre and unnatural, but with practice, it becomes more of a habit. And you can ask the person for ideas what they might like or specific things that make them feel better or has there been anything I've done in the past that made you feel really good? And repeat, repeat, repeat. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> Just like shampoo. So the third thing is that once you've communicated your needs and you know your partner's needs and you're both making an effort to be better, it's also really important that you notice and appreciate when people communicate their support in a language other than what you asked for or what you think is important. Mm -hmm. Remember how we talked about respecting other people's opinions and feelings? Well, this is a good time to do that. Mm -hmm. So even if you think that, you know, acts of service are stupid, you can still recognize that that is how that person's communicating support. So people convey their love and support in specific ways. And to them, this feels like the most genuine way to show their love. So we have to notice, acknowledge, and appreciate those actions. Mm -hmm. Even if those aren't the actions that you necessarily would have like ranked as like the most important to you. Words might be your thing, and acts of service just seem silly to you, but then your, your roommate might dust off your car every morning before you go to work in the winter. Take some time to recognize that's really nice. And not just that it's nice, but that it's a way that that person is trying to show their support for you and show how important the relationship is to you. Alright, as always, we've thrown a lot of information at you, and so we'll do a nice little recap because it's hard to remember things. Vanessa and I both have pretty bad memories, so. Very bad memories. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what this podcast is about. Who are you? <laughs> I don't know. I Can just, I hug you? No. <laughs> not, not at all. <laughs> so we talked about how healthy relationships, relationships that make us feel supported and worthwhile and respected and listened to, that is going to have the best impact on our mental health and our physical health. Exactly. Remember we talked about having even at least just one of these positive, strong, supportive relationships is going to drastically, like by like 25 to 50%, drastically reduce your risk of mental health problems, physical health problems. It's pretty big. And there's three things universal to all relationships that tell us whether the relationship we're in is a healthy relationship. Exactly. The first one is respect. Do you feel respected? Do you feel like you as a human being are worthwhile? Do you feel like your opinions are important? Do you feel like your feelings are validated? And are you respecting that person? Are you doing the same thing for them? Mm -hmm. The second is compromise. Conflict is inevitable in a relationship. How do you deal with that conflict? Do you deal with it in a respectful, kind way that you can come to an agreement that you both are happy about? Or are your needs not important or more important than the other person? Mm-hmm. And then the final one is just being able to express your needs and the needs of the person that you're in a relationship with and making sure that those needs are met. Mm -hmm. So figure out what your needs are, figure out what the other person's needs are, and you're going to be good to go. Mash them all together and put them in a stew. All right, so as usual, we like to send you away with some homework just so you have something to think about. 
you know, because two weeks is a long time to go without hearing our voice. And yeah. We, we, we know that. So we want to be there for you, like a little voice in the back of your head for the next two weeks. And just to let you know, there's going to be a test at the end of the year. So I hope you've been doing all of the challenges. I hope you've been taking notes. All right. So your challenge today is, first of all, to evaluate the level of support that you have in your life. Like we talked about before, the most important factor is actually just that you feel supported. It doesn't matter how many people there are or how many people are showing up at your door to tell you that they care about you. How many Instagrams you like. How many Instagram followers you have. At the end of the day, how supported do you feel? There is no magic number to the number of people that you have to have in your life. The most important thing is just how supported you feel you are. Mm-hmm. And evaluate how healthy relationships are. How do they score in the big three factors of relationship health? And as you're looking at those, remember that you deserve to have healthy relationships with all three of those things. If you're trying to explain away your relationships and you're like, yeah, but that person sometimes are kind of, no, you deserve those three things no matter what. Absolutely. And finally, we want you to evaluate how the relationships in your life are meeting your needs. Not sure what your needs are? Take the quiz on the Love Languages website. We promise it will be very insightful for you. All right, thanks for sticking with us. We know the struggle to talk about mental health and be mentally healthy is real. But hopefully after this week, it's a little bit easier. I feel so close to you right now. It's a force field. I wear my heart up on my sleeve like a big deal. Your love bars down on me, surround me like a waterfall.